Oh dear. Hey guys, welcome to the Coffee and Coding Podcast, the show where we discuss everything there is to know about app development. I'm your host Rob J, and in this episode, I talk about the benefits of releasing your own apps and why you should start today. Now on to the show. So before we get into today's episode, yes, it has been probably about two and a half months since the last episode, so consistency, I definitely get a zero out of 10 for that. I would say there's a good reason. There is a reason, whether it's a good reason or not, is basically because I've been moving house. So trying to find a place to be quiet and record a podcast episode has been quite difficult. And also trying to organize podcast interviews with terrible internet right now is also incredibly difficult. So like I said, I don't know if it's a good reason, but it is a reason. So a little bit of housekeeping before we get into today's episode as well. Just a couple of shout outs to um, people that donated over the holiday period to the podcast is much appreciated. So that is a shout out to Nick Mullen and also to at quant underscore scapegoat on Twitter. Not sure if I want to know what that name is about, but you know, very fancy. So big thanks to you guys for donating. And if anybody's listening and they would like to donate, then the URL for that is coffee, coffeeencodingpod.com slash buy me a coffee. Oh, it's been so long. I almost forgot the URL. I think that's basically it from me. I think you can definitely count this episode as the podcast is now officially back to one a week. So there's obviously today's episode. And then over the next course of the few weeks, there'll be a couple of bonus episodes. So Mitch Tabian has conducted a couple of interviews with some really cool Android devs over the last couple of months. I missed out on both of those, mostly due to time differences. Those are going to be thrown up as bonus episodes. So definitely look out for those. And um, you'll also get a bonus episode where I was a guest on the Mentoring Developers podcast. So I'm going to throw that up soon. Also as a bonus episode, that's quite a fun interview. You know, I talk a lot about my development experience and how I got into it. And you get to hear a fun story where I basically talk about how I missed out on being the fifth quote unquote co-founder of a startup that was sold six months later, I want to say, for $14 million. So, you know, if I had taken a leap there, I would have been rich today. But, you know, that's how it goes. So those are coming up. And then next week, there'll be an interview with uh, Teresa Wu, who's the engineering lead at Tide. Super interesting person, super interesting interview. If you guys are interested in BDD, she has a talk out on Mobile London. And you can find that on YouTube or on your podcast app, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, which is really cool. And we're obviously going to get into BDD. We get into a bunch of other things, mobile app development, different ways of working, the differences between difference between freelancing and permanent, why she's made the switch from permanent to contract and back again, all sorts of good stuff there. Those are coming up next week. And now onto the episode. So what are the benefits of releasing your own apps and why you should start today? So I thought about this for a while. I was trying to think of like what kind of solo episodes could I record and what would people be interested in? And this is one that definitely came to the forefront of my mind. And the reason being straight off the bat, ever since I started doing app development professionally, it was always super impressive when I talked to recruiters and I explained to them that I had my own apps and straight away, it just sounds like you go straight to the top of the pile because, you know, if you've got the relevant experience and five different people have the relevant experience, but on top of that, you have your own apps on the Play Store it just seems to put you at this different level where people have this perception that you know more than you do, which for for the most part, you definitely know more if you have your own apps out and just that potentially you're more experienced or you're a better candidate. So straight off the bat, one of the reasons why you should be releasing your own apps 
is because it makes you a more hireable or more desirable candidate for a role. So to give you a bit of backstory about me, so I released my first app in 2011 when Android development was still a hobby to me. I was still working in a job that I hated that had absolutely nothing to do with app development and very little development at all, actually. And I built apps because I wanted them. So some of the first apps, well, I think every single app, to be honest, that I've built has been an app that I built because it didn't exist and I wanted that particular feature. So as being a developer, we're creative people. This is what we do went out, built the app, and then I released them just because, you know, well, it works for me, maybe somebody else would get benefit out of it. That was the whole reason. So some of the first apps that I built was, um, I built an app called Send It. So back in 2011, sending picture messages was still really expensive. And WhatsApp and that kind of stuff wasn't huge. And most of the people that I was talking to, not everybody had, you know, Google Talk, which I think was one of the, the main messaging apps at the time on Android. So I built this app called Send It, which would basically, you open the app, you connect it to your Google Drive or your Dropbox or whatever your cloud storage platform of choice is. And then next time you go to open the app, let's say you want to send, you took a picture, you want to send it to somebody, you open the app, you'd select the file from your device that you want to send, and it would then upload it to your storage platform that you'd already connected. So like it would upload it to your Google Drive, and then it would get a public link And then the app would show you a list of your contacts and you say, you know, I want to send it to this person and it would send them the link via SMS to that file. So it was a way of basically leveraging SMS to implement file sharing without spending loads of money sending picture messages. So that was one of the first ones that I released. And there was there was a bunch of others. Another one was Read It To Me, which is still in the Play Store today, if you guys are inclined to go and check it out, which again is one that I built for myself where I wanted a way to have text messages read to me. So I built this app, Read It To Me, which would take the text message, convert it to text speech, and then read it to you. And then it expanded from there to like WhatsApp and Slack. And now it will do basically any app notification on your phone can be read out loud to you but all of those were released with the idea in mind that they were just for me and I would release them because maybe somebody else wants them and that's kind of how it started and then I would release them and then I'd link to them on forums and people would start commenting I mean this was back in the day like now you could do all this stuff in reddit back in the day I was on xda developers and people would start commenting like hey oh this is pretty cool can you add this feature can you add this feature and then it kind of goes from there but the reason that I would suggest that you do that is one because then you have apps on the play store or on on the on the apple app store and as developers listening to this I'm sure most developers have built something for themselves That was purely just because I want this feature, but that doesn't mean that other people wouldn't benefit from using it. So that's the first obvious one. The second one would be you get exposure to the release process. So you would be surprised. I've been, I've been a mobile app developer since 2012 and I've worked in a lot, a lot, a lot of places and I've worked with a lot of great developers. And you would be surprised that out of all the people that I've worked with in all the places that I've worked, there's only been a handful of people that actually know how to upload an app to the Play Store or the App Store, what the release process looks like, how how do you go about doing that, the different features that you might have on the Play Store, on the App Store in terms of like beta testing or being able to create beta communities and all this kind of stuff. And that's because the developers that I've worked with, they do development, they don't do the rest of that. So then when you when you work, for example, in a startup, people expect you to know those things because you are the mobile guy. So you should know how to do this. And if you don't, then you then have to go and Google it. So it gives you exposure to the release process, which again, makes you a more desirable candidate because you can go in and you can be like, yeah, I know how to do this. Another reason would be you get exposure to the entire life cycle of an app. 
And by that, what I mean is you've come up with the idea. You figure out how you can make that idea work given the APIs and the tools that are available to you. You start the development process. You might do some user testing in between then if you're doing it properly. And if you're just doing it for yourself, then again, your user testing is probably just you. Then you get to the point where you release it maybe as a beta. Maybe you just put the file on a forum. Maybe you use an official beta program on the Play Store or use TestFlight on the App Store and you invite your friends or your family or people that you think might be interested to use it. Then you take that feedback, you go back, you iterate, then you release. Then when you've released, you have to think about how do I manage my reviews so that I don't just get 10 one-star reviews on the first day and now my app's dead because nobody's going to want to have a look at a one-star app. How do I manage user feedback? How do I decide what features that users want that I should implement and what features that users want that I shouldn't implement? How do I explain to users how something is supposed to work without having them directly in front of me so I can actually explain to them? All these kind of things that you don't get through just purely development. Those, those are things that incorporate the entire life cycle of an app, which is, which is again is super beneficial to you, but it's also super beneficial in terms of making you look more hireable. Another thing that you definitely don't get just from development, but you do get from being involved in the release process, and that could be through work, like you could be working at a place where they release apps and you get exposure to user feedback. But if you have your own apps, then you get exposure directly to user feedback as well. And the thing that's important about that is users are going to misuse features of your app. And I say misuse, quote unquote, in terms of, you know, you've built this feature of your app to do one thing, right? And you think, oh, it's really cool you know, they press this button, this happens, this happens, and that's the feature. And then you start getting emails from users saying, hey, I press this button, this thing happened, I thought this other thing was going to happen, right? And now you have to email them back and be like, no, what you thought was going to happen is wrong. Actually, what's going to happen is this. And that's how I started out doing things, right? I would have to explain to people, no, what you think is going to happen is actually wrong. What it's doing is correct. And this is why. And then at some point you realize it's not what the user thinks is going to happen is wrong. It's the message that you've given via your UI or your tutorial or whatever it may be that teaches the user how to use this feature is wrong. And it's given them the wrong impression that it's going to do something else And I give you a really um, poignant example from one of my own apps, which it kind of took me a while to figure out a way around because I was so locked in that this is what it was supposed to do. So in my Read It To Me app, you can choose which contacts are going to get their SMS messages read to you via your headphones, right? So you won't get every single SMS message. So you won't get a message read from DHL or a parcel delivery company, but you will get a message read from, you know, your best friend. And on that screen there was a option that said select all and I intended the select all option to be a shortcut. So you press select all, it selects all of your contacts, you press save, then you come out of the screen and the next time you go back into the screen, all of your contacts will be selected, right? But the select all button is no longer selected because it's a shortcut. It's not an option, it's just a shortcut. It selected all those contacts for you. That's what it did. And so many users would email me and say, I press select all, I press save. When I come back, select all wasn't selected anymore. So it didn't work. And I was trying to explain to them, you know, well, it's a shortcut. That's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to select everything. It's not supposed to say highlighted the whole time because once it's selected everything, it's done its job. And at some point I realized the problem is that the UI, the select all option looks like what they think it should do, but it doesn't. And the only person that knew that was me because I built it. So then I had to figure out a way around it, which in my case was basically moving the select all 
option to the sub menu, which was more like what other apps were doing, which was a more familiar user experience. And suddenly I didn't get any more emails saying, hey, the select all option doesn't work. So that's another thing that you'd get out of releasing your own apps in terms of interacting with users and being able to put yourself in the user's shoes before you start developing your UX and UI. And then I've just got two more points on this. So one of them is you learn new things outside of your job that you can then bring into your job. So these could be things that are actually part of the release process. So for example, I've run beta communities for my own apps, which I've never done in any companies. But when I go into companies now, especially if they're like pre-release or pre-launch or soft launch, I can I can explain to them like, hey, there's this option where you can create a community of approved users who can use your app. And then you can get feedback without having to release it to everybody. And a lot of them aren't aware of stuff like that. So that's just one example. But then there's also other things where you as a developer, you want to use this technology or this API or this SDK or whatever it may be that has no place where you're working right now. So you can sit at home and you can just tinker with it and you can build sample apps or you can build an app that makes use of this thing that you actually want and you can release it. So when you go for your next interview or your next gig, And they ask you, hey, have you worked with this? You can be like, yeah, I've worked with this and here's the app. And that's one of the big things about having an app on the Play Store is when you go for interviews or when you talk to recruiters, you don't just have to say, yes, I've done that in my last job, but I can't show you because I'm under NDA. You can be like, yes, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. My apps are on the Play Store. You can go and have a look. And I'm 99% sure that nobody's ever going to have a look at my apps. I only know one company that actually went and downloaded the app because they showed it to me on their phone when I went for the interview. But for the most part, they're just well happy that it's there. So that's one of the things that you can get out of it is you get to practice new technologies or, you know, all kinds of things that fall outside of your job, but they don't just have to be sample apps. They can be real world use because we both know that real world use is totally different from building a sample app, especially when you start bringing in external users. And then my final point on all of this is if you build something for yourself, right? So I built Read It To Me for myself. I built send it for myself. I built so many other apps for myself and you just keep them for yourself. One, nobody gets to use them, but two, you might have something that people actually would pay you money to use. And you might think, oh, it's not that big a deal because I spent three hours making this thing over the weekend. Who's going to pay me for that? But I released read it to me and I really send it because I liked, like I built them for myself. And then suddenly people started wanting all these features. And I was like, well, I can build these features, but I don't want these features. You guys want these features. So if you want to pay for the app, then you're paying for my time. I'll build these features. I uploaded a pro version of the app for, you know, $1.99 or whatever it was. And people started paying for that because they wanted those features. And if I had never uploaded the app in the first place, I would never have known. And, you know, we're not talking like millions of dollars or thousands of dollars either. We're talking like $50 or a hundred pounds. You know, the read it to me app that I have is still on the play store. Now I think that's the only app that I have that actually has a subscription based model that's still on the play store. And that probably makes, you know, a couple of hundred dollars a month just because somebody wants to like people are willing to pay to use it. At the end of the day, it's a learning experience, if nothing else, but it could turn into a really good income stream. And I'll probably talk on future episodes about ways to price your app. And particularly, I'm definitely going to do an episode about how to make sure that you maintain good reviews, because at the end of the day, reviews for apps are the lifeblood, and that's the currency of the Play Store. And if you start getting bad reviews and your rating drops below, you know, ideally, if it drops below four, you're in trouble. If it 
drops below an average of three, then probably nobody's going to install your app unless you're the only app on the market, then maybe they would give it a pump. But as a side hustle, it could work out as a, as a really good deal. And, you know, to that point, I released an app in 2013 called Floatifications. It's not on the Play Store anymore. There's much better apps than what I released back then. But it was the idea of Facebook chat heads, but for every app. So it was before anybody else was doing this. I built the app literally because I wanted to figure out how did Facebook build chat heads? How did they get these little bubbles to float on the screen on top of other apps? And I did that and I released it and people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Can you add this? Can you add this? Can you add this? And I got 40,000 downloads of the APK. So this wasn't even on the Play Store. This was just the APK sitting on a forum somewhere. 40,000 downloads of that. And in the first week, I think I got 200,000 downloads of the app. And I'm not sure how many that converts into numbers because the app was like a trial plus a paid a paid tier where, you know, you get 14 days free. And then after that, it's 199 forever or something like that. And like that got a good amount of publicity and that made a good chunk of money. And if I had just built that just to see how I could do it and if I could do it and how it worked and I'd never released it, then that's a good chunk of money that I could have missed out on. And for no reason other than I didn't want to upload it to the Play Store or the App Store. So if you guys have apps that you've built or you have ideas for apps or you're like, oh, you know, nobody's going to want this. It doesn't matter. Just upload it, like upload it. You learn from the experience of uploading it and how does the Play Store work and how does the App Store work and all that kind of stuff. You only learn by doing and you won't know until you know. And at the same time, like let's say you release an app to the App Store and it gets zero downloads. Okay, cool. By the next time you go for your interview, you get to tell somebody, yes, I've got an app on the Play Store. And they don't care how many downloads you've got or what kind of reviews you've got. They just care of the fact that you have enough experience to have built an app that then went through the review process, got on the Play Store. And in the process of that, you learn how the entire app lifecycle works. Those are my thoughts on the benefits of releasing your own apps and why you should definitely start today. Now, if you guys have questions on that or you have ideas for apps or you're not sure how to go about things or, you know, you just want to chat about it, then you can do so in the Coffee Encoding Slack. You can find me there as well as others at coffeeencodingpod.com forward slash Slack. If you'd like to just speak to me directly, then you can obviously you can find me on Twitter at LowCarbRob. You can find me on LinkedIn, robj.me slash LinkedIn is the best way to get there. And failing any of that, you can email me at rob at coffeeencodingpod.com. And I'll catch you next week. Finally, if you like the show, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. You can do that either via Apple Podcasts or via podchaser.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com slash donate. Caffeine is literally what fuels this podcast. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter at lowcarbrob. And if you'd like to connect with like-minded developers and other listeners, you can do so in our Slack community at coffeeencodingpod.com slash Slack. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Coffee Encoding Podcast.